Welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode number 404. My name is Brando. With me sometimes is Baby Brownstone, Harrison Rex. I am nursing him right now. I mean, if you're listening on podcast, I'm not breastfeeding him. I'm holding him in a baby Bjorn with a bottle in his mouth while my wife gets ready to go back to work. So. <laughs> well deserved as well, Brando, may I ask? Uh, uh, see. Yes, and, and, and G. Hall, who is my, my guest today, as we're doing a, a fan review. And before I forget, I get to thank you because you gave us a baby gift, which is, um, I mean, you'll explain it better, but it's like a very authentic, Scottish, kilt-looking blanket. Yeah. In the vein of, yeah. in the, I didn't know if it had like a, an official name other than, you know, I don't I, know. I think it's, it was just a generic tartan. Tartan, really. that's it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I will and, admit that it's primarily being used uh, to prevent the cats from getting hair all over one of our chairs. <laughs> so, I mean, it's being put to good use regardless. Good. Good. Well, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad that you're here because we don't know how baby brownstone's going to react. I may have to pause because nobody wants to hear a screaming baby. It's one thing out in public, but <laughs> if you're listening on headphones especially, no one wants that. I'll call my wife over and... We're going to talk about, we're going to review, because Baby Brownstone was watching with me, the Glastonbury Festival that I was able to, I was able to watch on Twitch here yep. in uh, in the States. And for you, was it on, on the BBC, BBC channel? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very and, cool. Uh, you know, it's, I, I, I had a feeling that the, the BBC did a, a pretty decent job of uh, streaming this. I mean, there was the vocal... I would say a technical issue with the microphone, technical, not necessarily yep. uh, Axel. Right. Uh, and there was at one stage during, uh, oh, and before I get into this, Brando, thanks for having me on again. It's lovely <laughs> to be here again. Oh, good. I know we're getting right into it because G and I, we talk all the time. And if you're not familiar, if you know the, the US burp, was that your first burp? On air burp? Yay, hooray. Just like Howard Stern. Uh, G is the creator of our logo. We had a generic, I mean, we had a logo that we paid somebody for, uh, Scotto and I, and you were just, you found my podcast, just like thousands of other people from other countries. You're in Scotland and you're a graphic designer and you're like, Hey, I, I, I made this for you and it blew yeah, me man. away. I'm like, that's my new logo. And I've kept it ever since. And if you're watching this on zoom, uh, the brand new, video intro even the old video intro but you you made a, a fresh brand new one that is made yeah. by you so I, yeah. i'm just always thanking you and if people haven't seen it already because g was a guest i forget the episode number do you remember i was going to look it up before but i forgot um 203 i think it is probably the best one you've ever done oh, okay because <laughs> g talks about the izzy stradlin documentary that he made by himself complete DIY and 
it's just it, it blew me away. I think that's how I initially reached out to you because I'm always looking on social media for just fans that are doing cool Guns N' Roses stuff. And you just never know when, uh, with a fan DIY product or a fan film. It could look super amateur and you can, hey, A for effort, you know, good for you. Yeah. But yours was just fascinating. As, as when I sent it to Alan Niven and, and quoted, is that pretty darn good for scavenging or, or something like that. Was You're just using... Yeah old Izzy interviews and pictures and you just put it together. It's uh, over two hours worth and it's uh, well over like, is it 200,000 views? Is it up to more than that or where are it, we? It just it just broke um, 350,000 views yeah. uh, at the start of the week and awesome. it was the three, three year anniversary on Tuesday, which was when we went to see Guns N' Roses in Glasgow, which oh. just decent. Awesome. Awesome. Um, but yeah, the the documentary really came around just to stave off boredom of lockdown. <laughs> so it was it was a nice thing to like you know take take your mind off something bad that was happening in the world. Yeah, uh, it took took twelve weeks to make, and turned out all right. I'm pretty happy with it. It turned out great. I mean, just look at the comments on it, and if you. You haven't watched it yet? Please do so on the Iwas Life, uh, Iwas Documentaries uh, YouTube yeah. channel. Uh, yeah. And before I forget, speaking of, of documentaries, um, when the I think it was like an episode or two ago, Vicki Hamilton she was talking about the I Want to Rock, the '80s metal Sunset Strip documentary on Paramount Plus, but nothing was announced yet. Well, it's officially yeah. announced. Where you know, other than oh, Vicky, nice. there are members of like Skid Row and Winger and Twisted Sister, Vixen. It's going to be uh, the 80s metal dream documentary. Nice. This is, cool. uh, but the AFD podcast is a, a documentary of, it's almost like a living, breathing documentary of Guns N' Roses since the reunion, what's going on. So I'm glad yeah, I, get, I get to talk with you all about it because a lot has happened uh, with set list changes. And it's interesting, you know, GNR fans are excited. Uh, they just. Uh, the second time they sound checked, perhaps that's what's going on. God, I've said this before. God bless those fans that are just outside the arena, wherever they're playing the stadium and just recording. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, man. I know it's like you shouldn't do it, but you're fans. It's okay. They're doing us a service. They're doing us a solid, man. They are. Especially, especially the other day, because I did, re- I did actually see a video that they sound checked perhaps again. Yeah. Now, it was pissing down with rain. Uh, pretty much all day until we got to the venue so God bless them my friend <laughs> they're doing God's work they are they're, they're, they're making us even more excited because I'm excited to go in New Jersey to New Jersey to see them again in, in August with the, the set list changes and perhaps another new song but I want yeah. to start out with specifically we're going to talk about the Glastonbury Festival and the, the show that then uh, that you went to because Glastonbury happened first, and yep. I was up in Chicago last week. I it, it was some really good time to kill. I didn't know. I'm like I don't here in America we don't get BBC like that, but mm-hmm. God also God bless those fans that either VPN it or streaming it. <laughs> so there was this Twitch pretty solid uh, Twitch link going around that I was able to watch it, and he was on my lap. And it was pretty funny that he, it seemed like he was watching it. I was holding him like he was facing it. 
and during, <laughs> we're swaying during patients. We're freaking out during like night train, and he's, he's he seems to be enjoying enjoying it. So maybe his first word oh, will be Axel. We'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but the the show itself, I really enjoyed it watching it. But Same. I think it's more of the the aftermath that we're going to talk about the Glastonbury mm-hmm. Festival because it's a it's a festival, duh. And I say that specifically because it's not a Guns N' Roses show where there are fans. It's all fans there. There's all yeah. types to see the Arctic Monkeys, Lizzo. There's all kinds of acts pl- performing. It's not just Guns N' Roses who closed the show, despite what uh, Noel Gallagher wanted. Which, by the way, <laughs> can I ask something? Because Oasis sure. and the Gallaghers, I imagine they're just more famous overseas they're more famous in the uk than the oasis is was huge mm-hmm. but to me american they had one good album they had a few good songs and that's it i know they continued yeah. to both make music but they're just not big here you know that's what made the beatles comments uh, so laughable back in the day like are they yeah. still huge like are they looked at as how are they looked at by you at least how do you look at uh, uh the gallagher brothers well, p- Personally, uh, I am uh, an, an Oasis fan, uh, it, you know, and it, it, it's some sort of drama that has just trundled on since the 90s between the pair of them. I mean, there's great stories of where one of them's hitting the other one over the head with a cricket bat in the studio for whatever reason, you know. They were always in the headlines and it was always for really ridiculous things um, they've always been outspoken which is a great trait you know uh, not afraid to really say what's on their mind I hear more f- about Liam through Twitter he's always tweeting something and it's usually mundane but Noel has his band the high flying birds birds I think it yeah. is yeah uh, so they seem to do well within Europe I'm not too sure how big they are. And they in tour America, here. So. They do tour here. I mean, I'm not. Right. I'm, I'm, you know, being a little bit of uh, exaggeration that they have. I know it's like when people say Guns N' Roses, they had one album. They didn't have mm-hmm. one album. I know Oasis didn't, and I know they both have uh, successful careers afterwards. But it's just why are you taking a shot at Guns N' Roses? You know, it's it's. But I guess that's what they sure. do. And I don't know if the mic picked that up. He farted on me. So that's, <laughs> that's part of the entertainment of having a baby as a co-host. Hopefully it was just a fart and not more. We'll, we'll, we'll see. <laughs> that's what he thinks of, of no Gallagher. <laughs> but they, they, they still catch the same flack from the media as well. So it, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like no Gallagher was gaining anything from it apart from just speaking his mind about it for whatever opinion he had and that's what it is i guess we'll talk well segue into is like the press and what there is to gain and you'll tell you'll talk to me more about like what has been labeled like this is how the uk press is this is how it is over there press anywhere can suck depending upon the uh the outlet i like to that's why i take so much pride in not misleading people and i don't know I, it, I'm going back, and, and by no means am I Walter Cronkite, certainly. But, I mean, I got my degree in broadcast journalism. I wanted to be a journalist. I wanted to go into sports journalism at, at some point, but then the radio bug took over. But I was so turned off early on by seeing how stories can be manipulated. 
sure. and so yeah. easily. Just the most dumb stories and how a bias can be, bleed into it. Just news stories. Yeah. And now I always looked at it, news is the news. There is no, you have an opinion piece, but then you have the yeah. news. And that's why I went to sports at, at the time because you can put an opinion, you can put a little flavor in there. But yeah. that's what the quote-unquote news is now. It's uh, it's just all opinion, and that's what's scary. Like you don't know what's real. Uh, but this is we're not talking about. We're not going to go into politics and things like that nat- of that nature. But it's obviously people are like, yeah, well, uh, I'm, <laughs> <gonna> t- <laughs> I'm glad that Guns N' Roses they had a little get in the ring moment because there's a two headline. Oh, yeah, sure. Because you never know. I don't know about you, and I'm very honest. I, I try to be honest as a Guns N' Roses fan who hosts a, a podcast, but at the same time, be diplomatic. I'm not going to go all in on, like, Axel, he doesn't sound like he's, this is the user illusion tour. This isn't the 80s. This isn't sure. the 90s. His yeah. style of singing for 61 years old, I think he does great. Yeah, same. And, and that's an honest opinion as well, especially after the other night. And there are people who, tr- I think they just want to, put you in a corner for you to say yeah he doesn't sound good they want a, a sound bite or something or something to say hey you agree with me that he sounds bad no he doesn't sound bad he sounds like he's a 61 year old axel rose and you know what yep. slash he plays guitar obviously he sounds like he's you know 62 he, he sounds he sounds like an older guy playing guitar it's not as fast as it used to be yep. but i would pay that every single time rather than like an AI that got it right or a cover band that sounds sure. like they did in the 90s because those are the guys that's who I want to see it's all about yep. the atmosphere and I think too many people are judging not just Guns N' Roses but a lot of these acts like they're all Simon Cowell like they mm-hmm. all have to hit every note and I'll give you another tidbit I know you listened to the last episode where I'm going to start to uh, put in little tidbits of Doug's never to be released book because I looked at, I make a lot of comparisons between musicians and athletes, right? Because they're they're like your stars growing up. That's who you want to be. And an athlete, uh, father time takes over. You can't perform anymore. The team needs to win. You, you just don't have a job anymore. It's yeah. different, obviously, with the band. You don't need to win anything. You're out there just performing. But it's, if you're older, you have to change. Like if you're a speed pitcher you have to change how you are when you get older you could still be effective things are a little bit different um that's how i kind of look at what axel has to do he has to approach things differently and that doesn't make him worse that just makes him a human being that's just what it is uh so when you're you go on sites that are not mine uh if you go on just generic fan rock sites and there's a guns and roses show i'm always very curious of the because I don't want to be in an echo chamber. Oh, Axel sounds great and great and all the time. Gun, love Guns N' Roses. They can do no wrong. I don't want to be yeah. in an echo chamber. So I look at specifically other websites and what fans are saying who may not or aren't up to date on Guns N' Roses. Of course, you roll your eyes at people who hate on Axel with an E, whether it's before the L or after the L. Axel sucks. I'm in, a, I'm in such a habit of just commenting Axel with the uh, AXL with an asterisk, just spell checking. Yeah. I have become a uh, the phrase the grammar Nazi with with Axel. <laughs> I, I, it's just enough already. He's been famous yeah. for how long? It's three letters. Fucking spell it right. And I, I yep. spell it right. If you're going to insult him, especially spell it right. 
uh, the late jokes, it's enough already. Like it's just enough already. What do, I feel like yeah. uh, it's uh, it's like Jay Leno or some like old timey you know talk show host. Hey, did you hear about this? Like Guns N' Roses were late again. They haven't been yeah. late since the reunion. It's it's over. It's done with. So that was one of the headlines I saw. Like I think it was on N uh, N M E magazine. A lot of yep. you know, one of the bylines is like, wow, you know, fans reacting. The Guns N' Roses, wow, they're on time. This true. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, uh, yeah, I, they've been on time for nearly a decade. Where have you been? I, I just read uh, a review in The Scotsman, uh, who I used to work for back in the day, um, of the, the Glasgow Review. And the the journalist Fiona, her name escapes me right now, but it was also mentioned, oh, you know, they were on time. You know... <laughs> They came on about 15 minutes before they were actually scheduled to come on. So, you know, you just have to wonder, are these critics stuck in a certain period of time? You know, just how how up-to-date are these critics? Because there's, they're, Mark uh, Beaumont and Neil, what's his name? I forget his name for The uh, Telegraph. Um, it is Neil, Mc, Neil McCormick. Neil McCormick, well, they're pushing on in life as well. You know, they're still fighting to be hip and with it. And uh, these guys are working for these publications who do have a philosophy. And you have to go behind that philosophy or you find yourself out of a job. Right. Especially when they're at their age. Uh, So I find it laughable. I I, I quite enjoy reading uh, snobby critics getting their knickers all in a, in a twist and <laughs> I know and but I look at it as again at, at my level whatever you want to call me low on the totem pole of, of journalism I still feel like it's your responsibility to tell the truth and to do the research like I know I yeah. fuck things up all the time but it's to no fault I, I missed something it wasn't on purpose I'm, I don't have an agenda you know if I, I forgot like a date of, of this this happened or I mispronounced a word you know that's not a podcast but if I'm writing something when I when I was writing Doug's book we got to do the research because you are educating the reader it's one yeah. thing for a, a listener a casual Guns N' Roses fan or somebody who just knows Guns N' Roses is not a fan to make a late joke to make an axle joke uh, on his appearance, which is just a whole other thing. I, I've had enough of these appearance, uh, whether even in Vince Neil, it's like enough already. Like people age, people go through shit. Like it's just enough already. Or just keep yeah. it to yourself. If you like, look at Madonna, I'm going to keep it to myself. Is <laughs> Hopefully she's not hurting herself. Hopefully she's, she's like, okay, okay. There was a story that came out that she had a, some sort of health scare. And there are people, you know, who laugh react at that. I, why? Like, that's like that's sick, man. That's that's like that's yeah. sick. And before I I lose it, um, the thought what I was alluding to before, the things I'll I'll say from uh, Doug Goldstein's never to be uh, released book, is that Axel the whole late thing, which I think is just so misguided out in the public. It's like a diva issue issue. Uh, uh, we we went, did a deep dive. It's a mental health issue a lot of the time. That and he he's told me specifically like with the Rolling Stones when they opened up those shows for the Stones like those four dates with Living Color, mm-hmm. is that 
And Doug was telling him for like a week, calm down, look at the stage. It's different. It's not like anything you've seen before. And Axel's like, I don't want to see it because I know if I see it, I'm going to obsess about it. I'm not going to be able to sleep. I just want to go out there and do it. Yeah. And I think it was the first show, the second show, like he fell into the pit, you know, while, while doing something. And Doug's like, well, see, I told you to come down. But Axel's so obsessed in his mind about issues. And just so, I don't know, as somebody who has mental health problems, I know there's a responsibility. I get that to be on stage. People, fans are paying. Yeah. But I don't know. In today's world where people are taking time off, actors and musicians for mental health, I don't we should look at Axel Rose completely differently, I think, uh, now than we, we, we did back then. Yeah, well, here's the thing. Um, you know, the, these writers, um, the mental gymnastics that they go through to write, to, to bloviate about something and to tote uh, the party line, so to speak, um, they're quite happy to defend someone else for some ailment but then they're quite happy to uh, ridicule axel in an yes in an article there's a, a disconnect here and it's not necessarily look everyone everyone should expect criticism if you are a performing artist and it doesn't matter if it's music sport everyone's going to catch it at some point you know you cannot expect yourself to be 100 percent in the minds of everyone, you are great. It's just never going to happen. Right. It's unrealistic. Um, however, th there's a, a harshness to to what I've been reading, especially since uh, Glastonbury. Right. It's, it's kind of unwarranted. It's almost as if they're trying to be edgy. They're trying to be young again, ironically. Uh, You're right. That's the difference is to you can be fair you can be honest i don't want people to pretend you know if it wasn't for you you can say it's not for you you know it yeah. that's fine but they go out of your way like so there were two two specific reviews that went kind of viral like guns and roses the twitter account called out on twitter which was interesting because they used a line from chinese democracy even mm -hmm. though it was a very uh, get in the ring situation let me see I have so many things in my Twitter timeline. I post too much. We're not enough. Uh, it would take a lot more hate than you. And it's at Neil McCormick and at Mark uh, Beaumont, uh, UK. So yeah. Mark Beaumont, he wrote just a total clickbaity headline, just a reactionary headline, I should say, because it's not misleading. It's just purposely written to anger people. Yeah. Uh, this is for the independent uh, UK. Guns N' Roses review, Glastonbury 2023, front runners for the worst Glasgow headline set of all time. <laughs> Axel Rose flips between lo a lower register that resembles a like clogged lawn lawnmower and a higher one that <laughs> sounds like Barry Gibb suffering from uh, suffering the mother of all wedgies. Right there, you're it's not a solid. professional. You're not a professional. Like you could I mean, not, you could say you don't like it. He doesn't sound the same. Like it's, it's off. But again, you got to take in all those things I mentioned before. Sixty-one years old. You're seeing Axel and Slash on stage. You're not taking. To, whenever the uh, the BBC that that feed cut to the crowd, everyone was singing along and having a great time. Yeah. Like what do you? 
So it's just not reading the room. So that was that was probably one of the worst headlines that I've seen. Yeah. Also in that uh, article as well, he's he's going on about uh, it's a bunch of fifty nine year olds kicking around there. It, that's not now, accurate. <laughs> no, I I saw quite a few kids on top of their dad's shoulders, and uh, there was one kid especially absolutely belting out the chorus to welcome to the jungle you know he knew the the lyrics now i'm not you know i'm not pointing to this as an example we're not all 59 year olds you know but you know by the same token this guy cannot just generalize this at the same time and i'll tell you another thing is as well it is lazy uh and uh, I think it was Neil's article where he's, he was... Go- In fact, no, it was on Twitter. It was a response because poor little Neil, he, he couldn't handle, handle a, bit, a bit of banter coming back at him. Um, where he was going on about he was in the slowly dwindling crowd, were you? Oh, yeah. Right, so I can read you the, the, uh, the, the tweet, and I responded to it, and I... Re- uh, he didn't respond to me, but I put it on. I retweeted it on my page, and people had some good reactions to it. Uh, GNR fans going off like offended teeny boppers because someone doesn't love their heroes as much as they do. Boohoo! This is every critic's Twitter timeline after they give a K-pop boy band a bad review. It's three stars for fuck's sake. And yeah, I was in the parentheses slowly shrinking crowd. Were you? Look, yeah. you, you, again, well, you're 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 adding fuel to the fire of trying to compare you know you're calling 59 year olds teeny boppers at this point so they're both where are you are we teeny boppers or are we old men which one are we (laughs) and again it's not the fact that you don't like it i've had people on this podcast that don't like guns N' roses you know art from everclear doesn't like axel's voice and i'm like that's fine these people aren't I know they're heroes to some, and there are people who can look up to, you know, especially Duff McKagan, what he's done with his life, look up to. But, I mean, they're not, like, they're my favorite band. They're not, like, heroes. So, I mean, I think it's also, it's it's casting another generalization where they're just, they are, oh, it's just a bunch of Axel sycophants. Like, you'll get those. But, yeah, again, course. I think uh, you go in these comments, like, Guns N' Roses fans, we're intelligent. And they don't know how to respond to intelligence because it... It's it's a God you know God forbid you uh, you write an article and you don't yourself it's like they're getting the same thing they're getting reviewed on their review and they can't take yeah. it they can't what? take it they're joyless pricks that's why see it, I'll never understand a critic you you have to be a certain type of person that you have you, have, you can go to something and come away from it. Yeah, like you know, so the the footage that I've got is mainly of the crowd that um, I'll be showing later on, and it's to show how much you know we're there for a specific reason. <laughs> we're there to enjoy ourselves. We're there to let loose. Some of us have had this band in our lives for the past thirty odd years, uh, and we're there enjoying ourselves. We do not give a flying fuck what someone down in Cambridge is hammering away on the fucking keyboard Brando it, it means nothing they're like the two old men and the Muppets <laughs> you know and, and yeah. let me correct myself that uh, their front, run- front runners uh, headline is from Mark Beaumont and the Neil McCormick one and this is again uh, 
just not just it's not just a, a, a poor review it's taken shots and that's the issue that we yeah. have uh so neil wrote and this is from the telegraph uk which is a complete rag uh, Guns N' Roses review, Pyramid Stage, Glastonbury 2023. Welcome to the mumble. Axel Rose, who now resembles an aging small-town hairdresser, has lost his vocal power. But Slash is still a star. So you're commenting on his looks, Neil. You, you look at his... I mean, he's he's not a good-looking man. He's just an old... He's an old white dude. And again, it's... I always find it... I find it funny. And it's one of those things I... I notice you pe- the people who comment on Axel's looks are all men. All men. Yeah. Not the women. Axel can get any woman he still wants. Who's laughing? Sure. Like any and I, I don't know if I've ever said it like that that fat Axel picture that is on the internet that's photoshopped. Like that people need to understand that when he's kind of like hunched over when he had that porn stash that era. <laughs> There's that's like a version of a, of a picture that's like stretched out so if he's really fat why are you editing it like he was never he wasn't 20 year old skinny you know skinny popsicle stick axle and he's not that anymore who is in their 60s compared to their 20s but he's not fat like at all so those jokes also need to die like they need to die and again it's a, it's more of like a mental health thing we could talk about like it's you don't need it like you don't need it, it if you're not in high school, you don't need to talk this way. Yeah, I mean, again, who who are they trying to convince of whatever it is they're writing about? It's themselves. It's well, yeah. I mean, there's a, a hell of a lot of projection that goes on in the critic world. You know, uh, envy as well is a terrible thing. Never allow yourself to be envious of any other person because it will drag you down. You'll probably sure. turn into a critic. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I believe um, uh, it was pointed out to me that Neil wrote a book about living in Bono's shadow. Like he was a failed musician. And right. he also. So that. that was an interesting point being like, look at this guy's perception. This is somebody who never lived his dream. And he's putting down other people. And oh, it's. And interestingly enough, I saw this. Uh, I follow Richard Fortas on, on Twitter. And, you know, it's. How, how uh, social media is. You, everyone sees your comment, even though it's not to you. He responded to a fan saying to ignore those uh, reviews, those poor reviews. You know, we had a great time. Richard wrote, thanks. It was clear to us that the Independent wrote the review without seeing the show. They said we played over three hours. We played under two and a half. They say we played songs that we didn't play. Oh, there, there were the headlines about, oh, Guns N' Roses, uh, they decided not to play their most offensive song. One in a million that they haven't played it since 1988. Way to make something out of nothing. Uh, that the audience left, etc. Uh, they wanted clickbait. Rolling Stone, The Guardian, Mojo, uh, etc. They all gave positive reviews. I know the Glastonbury typically doesn't like rock bands, but we had a great time. That's just somewhat of the Brit- uh, so That's just some of the, what, what the British press does. It's nothing new. So I guess that's good that they understand it, but I. I don't know. I am, I'm on a soapbox shouting to yeah. to who now, but this is what it is. It's it's clicks. Um, it's something I try to prevent from my interviews. I don't set people up, but I can't control what's out there, and I always give the full context on these podcasts, on my social media. I'm not. I would be more successful if I was all about clicks. Yeah. I just. I just. I, mean, I never would want to be that kind of journalist or professional. 
a, a lot of uh, these rags, and believe me, there's quite a lot over here. Now, the UK media has got a reputation of hounding people. And it isn't exclusively to um, music bands, uh, musicians or anything like that. It also happens in sports. And an example, you might not have heard of him, but uh, his name is Wayne Rooney. He was a, a famous footballer over here, English player. So he came from the streets. And this is another point. These rags and papers, they they like to punch down. They will never punch up. And if they do decide to punch up, it's on behalf of another political party. Right? Yeah. Or an agenda to push. But they... Wayne Rooney, he was praised to begin with. He bounced onto the scene at age 16 for uh, a Liverpool club called Everton. And then it was only when he got uh, his big money move to Manchester United, that's when the tabloids turned on him. They were involved in his life all the damn time. And there was never a good word to say about him. And he was compared to uh, Shrek. <laughs> You know, there would be a picture of Wayne Rooney and then a picture of Shrek, like side by side. And all this guy did was play football. You know, I mean, whatever he did in his personal life, it's, you know, everyone has a right at some point to privacy, surely. But, you know, there was paparazzis hanging outside his bedroom windows and, you know, yes. it was insane what that guy had to go through. It it is. It's one thing if you're a public figure and you're maybe like the Gallagher's and you're out there giving your opinion all the time and other people are giving it back to you. It's the back and forth kind of thing. But you're, if you're just playing a sport, you're just a musician. Like maybe Axel back in the day when he was doing rants was asking for it. If you wanted to do that, like he's asking for it, which I don't believe. But if you want to look at it that way, sure. He doesn't do anything now. So like yeah. those are people maybe who still have an agenda, who haven't gotten over you know, Axel taking, you know, Guns N' Roses coming on three hours late for a show that you were in at, at, in 1991. You haven't gotten over it yet. It's, yeah. but then again, you shouldn't be a journalist. You shouldn't be a reporter. You're being biased. You're yeah. shaping minds of, and people say this to me all the time where I do these reviews and like, okay, you know what? After your review, I'm going to go buy tickets. I try to encourage people. In a, in a realistic way again I'm not being like everything is great you know it sounds just like the records everything is perfect It things go wrong like the microphone at the uh, Glastonbury Festival like cut out it was cutting out mm -hmm. and I'm yeah. glad but there, you would see clickbait headlines saying you know uh Guns N' Roses making excuses for sound issues and, and trying to, to like alluding to Axel's voice but it just mm -hmm. had to do with the microphone all that yeah. needs to be said and you could see pictures of it i posted it paul mccartney was watching guns N' roses set yeah it looked like he was having a good time i wish they, yeah, he totally. came out and did live and let die with them that would have been freaking epic and yep. uh, a fan a fan and, and forgive me if, uh for not remembering your name uh made this comment on on facebook that because elton john closed the show and the festival and let me preface this with he is an icon he, he he is an icon in every sense of the word not just a musician as a person uh that also 
<laughs> there was a nice story in Doug's book. Two things. One thing I forgot to mention. He's like the only person, and this is like an athlete comparison. Like, you could be a great footballer. You could be a baseball player, basketball player. You have off nights. But overall, you are the best. Mm-hmm. Axel or any of those musicians can have an off night. And you could, if you want, you could focus on that off night. That doesn't mean you've, you're bad, you've lost it. It's just one of those nights where your, your knuckleball isn't working or whatever. Uh, it's just, I think that's just, it's interesting that people also don't have that perspective. But he said, the, Doug's like the only person he never heard that didn't miss a note in his entire life was Russell Hitchcock from uh, Air Supply. So that's the, the benchmark was uh, Russell Hitchcock of Air Supply. And the, yeah, there was there was something uh, there was something else I, I was trying to remember. What, what was the last thing you said? Forgive me. And he's falling asleep, so he's good. By the way, <laughs> baby brownstone. What was the last um, thing you you had just mentioned? Forgive me, I, I lost my train of thought with that. What was it about the the footballer? They were always they were always punching down on the guy. Oh, okay. So yeah, here's what I, what I wanted to mention. Elton John, right? So yeah. <laughs> Elton, I mean, this is not a secret. He wears a wig. I mean, he's 70s, he was losing his hair. All of a sudden, he has hair, he wears a wig. He has the body of a 70-year-old. Not a shot, he just looks like, you know, a guy who's a grandpa, a guy who's lived. I don't look at him as like, he's not obese, he's just a bigger guy. He's not like what he was in the 80s. After his set, oh, and his his voice is not the same. I believe it was because of cancer or like or he had surgery. I mean, oh. Terrible, but he sounds great. He still sounds yep. absolutely great. Again, he's an icon. He deserves all the praise. But if he was a jerk, if people looked at him like Axel, they could have torn it apart. They could have said all these things about him, about his, his physical appearance, that he doesn't sound the same. They could have, but they didn't. Mm-hmm. They made a choice. Let's hate on Axel Rose. Elton John, again, he shouldn't, those things should not be said about Elton John. My point is, they shouldn't be said about Axel either. Not at this yeah, point I mean, of their careers. So that's, that was where I was trying to go with this. Because, uh, oh, and the, and the story with in Doug's book about Elton was and what a great person he is. Uh, Doug had a brother who uh, passed away from AIDS. And Doug needed help finding, you know, uh, not a cure, but treatment. And he wasn't getting it, any help from David Geffen. David Geffen told him to fuck himself. Uh, it was not it was on the that's a whole other story and he ended up getting connected to Elton John's manager and Elton John called Doug on the phone uh, by the way this is like I think when he was still in the hospital during the whole um, contract signing issue that right. Slash and Duff blamed Doug for but Doug claims he's like I was not in the country I was having a baby all these things so uh, Elton said I'm going to give you to like my my personal guy who knows Western treatment, I know how I'm going to pay for it. I'm going to do all these things. So with Elton John's treatment, uh, his brother lived like years longer. Right. So Elton nice. is a, a fantastic person. Now, people yeah. don't talk about Axl Rose. There's a picture online of visiting sick kids in the hospital. He does charitable work. Guns N' Roses does charitable work all the time. That's what mm-hmm. his sister Amy did on the Use Your Illusion tour was that she dealt with um, charities that wanted to set up booths at the at these events. And as long as Guns N' Roses believed in the cause, yeah, set it up. So Amy Bailey set, did those things. But nobody yeah. talks about that. 
with Axl Rose. What a charitable guy he is. So, again, that's the picking and choosing that I think is bullshit. You either yeah. be a hater all the way through and that's your shtick or be honest or be honest. Yeah. I mean, going back to the whole uh, the crowd leaving early, you ha- there's so many factors to this yep. as well. One, it is a festival crowd. It's a mixed bag. Yep. Now, what Neil was saying uh, to what like towards the end, that's when it was happening. Well, you know, guess what, Neil? Not everybody is camping at Glastonbury. Not everybody is off the next day. Some people have got traveling from all over the country. Yep. You know, I'm pretty sure there would have been people from Scotland who was there. And there was like, right, you know what? We've only got an hour to catch that train back up the road. You know, there's so many factors and it's just lazy to say that people were you know, slowly filtering out uh, as Guns N' Roses played. It's just... The the whole point here is you you have to accept all of this for exactly what it is. It's someone who's getting paid to write this. I know. They're they're making a living out of it. It's always going to happen, Brando. I know. And it has to be met with laughter and even ridicule at points as well. And that's where the real banter begins because Neil has just shown he just simply can't take it. Now, Guns N' Roses tweeting what they did was tongue-in-cheek. That's a bit of banter. You know, that's what they're all about. They're past the stage of giving a fuck what a critic is going to say about them. I'm sure Axel didn't lose one iota of sleep because if you go to the people who were there, the fans that were there that I would see comment on these articles, like, were you at the same show I was at? Yeah, man. You know, and they're not all hosting Guns N' Roses podcast. You know, I, I'm not getting paid. I don't have an agenda. This guy had an agenda. I'm just giving you my honest opinion of the shows that I go to, and I let people tell their own stories. I don't try to, you know, have them come over to my side if they're not, you know, if we're not lockstep in the same thought process. So with all that being said, let's hear your honest review of Glasgow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, there was one thing I was going to mention about Glastonbury. Okay, sure. Um, and this was right at the very beginning <laughs> uh, of the podcast, not the show. But I, I thought when the technical issues started happening was, I thought they were censoring the lyrics uh, to Rocket Queen. Uh. But then, you know, in my head, I was thinking, well, they played Bad Obsession. And I think Axel was the only person in the history of the BBC to say cunt live on <laughs> the BBC. So, but at the same time where uh, the the vocals weren't coming through, you could see in Axel's face that he was belting something out. So it wasn't like, oh, Axel's voice is away. But then it picks up again. It's, it's, you have to be there live to really believe what, what, what you're actually seeing. Yeah. So, Glastonbury, for me, watching it, uh, now, I, I said before, the BBC, I think, done a top job with the mixing. There was just obviously certain gremlins in there. And I do think, um, I did hear one possible reason that they were also streaming to different other platforms. And it was too technical for me to maintain in my head whatever all this was. But the BBC's kind of explaining, well, they had other streams to sort out as well. But um, I thought they did a, a good job. 
I, I yeah, I, I had, thought so I, as well. I enjoyed. I really didn't think I didn't I didn't think I was gonna watch it. Honestly, I'm like I've seen Guns N' Roses obviously a lot. Uh, this reunion, maybe I'll watch a couple clips, and you know, for my own enjoyment to talk about the podcast. But I just found myself once I clicked on it, watching the entire thing and enjoying it, and kind yeah. of you know dancing with Baby Brownstone in my uh, in my <laughs> sister in law's living room. You know, so it 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 was a good show to on the on the telly, I guess, as you people say. Yes, on the telly. <laughs> uh, and then the reviews. So it's, it's it's interesting, and it's it does. I think it's it's good that these bad reviews came out because a lot of people came out in defense, and it just showed who they are. It showed who we are as a fan base, and yep. also people probably were not expecting absurd. And hard school, nope. and there, <laughs> there were things that they were just not expecting to happen. So if you haven't been part of the Guns N' Roses world in the la- in the last seven years, you're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah, Especially right. with absurd. So that can, that can, that's certainly a shock to the system. And I loved Axel's uh, comment before. This is a love song, you know, <laughs> about absurd. <laughs> so he, he's having a great time, smiling his ass off the entire time. Well, that's another thing. It, it seems uh, his. Charisma has, has come back. It's, there's a stage presence about Axel now. Um, it's got to be the felt, shoes. It's got to be the shoes because now yeah. he went from cowboy boots to sneakers. So I like yep. it. There's more grip. Yep. More grip. Um, but yeah, the, the Glastonbury one, I was very pleased uh, when I was watching it. And it also gave me the, the impression, uh, you know, when you've actually been to see a live performance, you can almost think that you're there. And the reason being is I w- you could hear the individual instruments yeah clearly now I'm comparing this to all the crappy YouTube videos that are floating around and all the really bad Facebook live streams and you can't hear rhythm you know it's it's either Slash's guitar is way too loud uh, you can't make out what Axel's actually saying it just sounds like noise um, so, to see Glastonbury, I knew we were onto a good gig at Glasgow. Yeah, because a few of us were a little bit apprehensive about it. it was, we were just wishing that they were going to have a good performance at Glastonbury to set us up for Glasgow. We didn't want a repeat of last year after the the Tottenham Stadium debacle. And then whatever transpired, and then they had to cancel your show. That's right. So, which doesn't happen now. You know, back in the day, a Guns N' Roses cancellation, yeah, it's yeah, it's a day that ends in Y, sure, but not today, not today. So that I I felt bad for you and (laughs) all those fans. They're like, when are you going to reschedule? When are you going to reschedule? Well, they rescheduled and they came back triumphantly. They kept their word and they gave us. I'm sure it must. They, that was over a three-hour show they played. That had to have been like three hours and fifteen minutes that they played in Glasgow, and it was just electrifying. What but was before your day I like? get, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, but before I get there, another thing um, going on about rhythm guitar. You can't actually hear what Richard's up to from YouTube videos and things like that. And to be honest with you, I thought um, his rendition of the the Night Train solo was pretty crap. 
Okay. But see, but see, during Glastonbury, I could actually make out that, you know, there was something there apart from just hearing, <laughs> right? So then we get to Glasgow, and you can really hear everything. And what I was able to decipher from Glasgow was he is actually playing the original Izzy solo. Hmm. It's just that he's doing quite a lot of uh, licks at the end, you know, give, putting his own flavour onto that solo. So I was pleasantly surprised about that. But online videos, you cannot make out shit. So you ha do not deny yourself the experience of seeing Guns N' Roses live. This was my first time seeing them, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Wait, I ever? Loved how ever? Ever. Yeah, did I, I had to have known that. How do you, I not? We we had like we had to have had that conversation. I I completely. I, I have a daddy brain <laughs> that you've never seen Guns N' Roses live ever. Never. This was my first time. Oh wow! Okay. And wow. It, it it was also my brother's first time as well, and on the bus over to Glasgow, he had a bit of concerns, <laughs> um, because he was. He had read these reviews from uh, Glastonbury. He decided not to watch the show because he didn't want our show to be spoiled. He wanted to be surprised about what the songs were going to be. But he was reading these reviews, and he was like, apparently this happened. And I'm like, listen, man, forget about it, because I was watching it. I don't know what that guy was watching, but honestly, get that out of your head. And he loved him. He he, he loved himself. So he loved it. I mean, and it was his first time seeing GNR as well. So, oh, but we've had a history of cancellations. We tried to see them in two thousand and one in Glasgow as well, and it was five days before the gig was to happen. Uh, it was cancelled. Um, in two thousand and twelve. They were in Scotland, but uh, we couldn't make it at all. And then we had the whole COVID debacle. Hmm. Two cancelled shows because of COVID, and then uh, wh whatever happened uh, to Axel last year, I'm not too sure. But that was cancelled. We got notification at nine o'clock that night, uh, the night before the gig was supposed to take place. So it was a bit of a dampener, to say the least. But yeah, I, I, man, he was, they made I think up he for was it. sick. He, he was sick, or it was it was a uh, he needed vocal rest because of all the sound issues from yep. the previous show, which again is not is not a thing that's happening now. It's not a cancellation. You know, it's not cancellation. Axel, this isn't use your illusion. It is not that era anymore. So he had to really been feeling it for that to happen, and it, yeah. it's. So this is a, a triumphant return. So can you like take us through the day, the atmosphere? I know you got some pictures to uh, and some video to kind of help us guide us along your your day, seeing Guns N' Roses yeah, for man. the first time in Glasgow. Yeah, it was. Uh, the, so we the the we hired. There was a, a shuttle service called uh, the Happy Bus. Yeah, <laughs> nice. And it was a bit raucous on the way through. And the, the funny thing is, on the way back, everyone was knackered. <laughs> and it was so solemn and, you know, and 
when when you're catching glimpses of uh, conversations here and there, you would hear that was some night. That was the best gig I've been to. And you know, I'm just sitting there thinking, yeah, I've got to say the same as well. You know, just that experience. There might be a bit of bias going on in me, but the anticipation of hearing these songs live that I used to fall asleep to back in the day with my headphones in. A companion along your life and just to hear the rumble of that music going right through you. The anticipation of that was just unbearable. And see as it's happening. Because there's a few times where I was uh, taking film and I was singing along but there was an instance in Welcome to the Jungle's Chorus where I was singing along, but the crowd, the noise of the crowd, I just had to stop and just soak in the atmosphere of yep. it all. Mm -hmm. It was electrifying. And uh, so I'm just I'm just trying to get it evened out in my head for now, Brando. Where, so. where were, I guess, what was, what's the arena like? What's... Uh that you went to, like, where were your seats? Were you standing? I guess, where did you set up to, to enjoy everything? So we were standing. If I just pull up the video of us entering the park, where are we? It, is it Bella Houston? I know I'm probably Bella saying Bella Houston. It. Oh, okay. I, I was hoping I was not saying it too New York-y. <laughs> Bella Houston Park. And am I saying Glasgow with the right tin? Right, right uh, Glasgow? Lose the W. Glasgow. 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 Yeah. Okay. Glasgow. Nice. Uh, yeah. So th there was fears that uh, the the ground was going to be muddy because it was raining. But um, the Arctic Monkeys had just played there a couple of nights before, but it was actually pretty solid, and uh, there was material intertwined into the the surface, like a rubbery type material. Okay. So, um, which is fine because the last thing you want to be is scooting about the place. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but um, yeah. Who, who are the openers for this show? The Pretenders. Okay, and that's who I'm seeing, and I haven't seen them before. They were already on stage as we were just walking in there. Okay. I don't know if you can see up here. Does my cursor show? Your can you see my? I do not see the cursor now. I can see the photos you're putting right, on screen. Okay. Of, of the lawn and looking up at the stage. Yeah. Of the pretenders right, okay, on. Perfect. Yeah. So that must have been just after six o'clock. We we got there. So the pretenders played until seven o'clock, and um, then I thought because some of the the local rags had. Guns and Roses hitting the stage at, for half past eight, but I just couldn't see it because there, there's a strict 11 p.m. curfew in Scotland. So, and I was thinking maybe it was, it's going to be eight o'clock that they're going to come on. So, um, the, as soon as the Pretenders finished their set, and by the way, they were great, and uh, Chrissy Hind looks absolutely tremendous for being in her 70s. I had no idea she was uh, a legend. Total legend. Yeah, it was great. Um, so yeah, the crew, the crew came on, changed the set almost immediately after Pretenders went off. So they were messing around for just over half an hour, and then uh, the the videos started coming on the screen, mm -hmm. which was pretty cool. 
And that's by Creative Works? Is that who that does that? Creative Works London, that's right. Okay. It, it just uh, escaped my head there. But we saw uh, Slash's girlfriend coming out. What's, what's her name again? Is it uh, Megan? Megan? Yeah, Megan. Me- Megan, I guess. We Megan saw her Hodges. coming out. That's right. Yeah. So she came out the side of the stage. And I just mentioned to my wife, I was, I was saying, oh, they must be coming out soon because that's Slash's girlfriend coming out. And she sat down at the, the side of the stage and then Betta came out. <laughs> oh. And she was she was double waving to the audience. And I was like, I said to Rachel, come on, let's just wave back at her. So we're standing there like, whoa. <laughs> um, and then about five minutes after that, the band hit the stage. Uh, so that had to have been about quarter to eight they hit the stage and they didn't stop until five to eleven. They are solid with that. Again, this is not your your father's Guns N' Roses or whatever it is, uh, however you want to phrase it, that they are on time. Doug had told me that he would carry around a briefcase full of money because Axel's was like, okay, find out what the curfew thing is, you know, the amount of money, the, the fine. And I'll pay it. And that obviously would piss off the band. That added a lot of stress and anxiety to Duff. And yeah. Doug would be like, okay, you don't want to do it. If you want to go back to the Sunset Strip and, and pay no fines, you can do it. Or you could still make a million dollars, which would be less than what, you know, uh, the two million that you would have made. You're still making money. It's costing you money, but you're still making a lot of money. But Axel yeah. didn't care at that point. And I think, a lot, again, a lot of that he had to be mentally ready to hit the stage every night um, and to give awesome performances. It wasn't like he waited and did these half-assed performances. And it's interesting to go back to uh, Glastonbury for a second that the, the, the late act there was Lana Del Rey, who blamed it on her hair that it takes too long <laughs> to, to, to do. Uh, I just thought that was funny. Uh, but yeah, man, and... and, and the, what GNR does when they have uh, a curfew, it's like from one song to the next. There's not break. There aren't breaks. They do a great job. Yeah. They they they're they're a professional uh, organization now. <laughs> they used to be yeah. a, the the CNN band that were on TV all the time. Uh, the clusterfuck riots. That's not that's not this anymore. Just go to have a good time. So I'm I'm glad everything. And how was the weather? I know it could be iffy. The, the weather was fine. Okay. Um, it was raining to begin with but it was pretty humid at the same time so it was around about 18 degrees I think my phone was was saying um, so when the rain did come on it was a nice reprieve from just how how hot it was Okay. and by the way 18 degrees for us is hot so <laughs> okay, I, don't I'll, laugh at us 18 well, uh, I, I gotta see what that is so it's 18 hold on I gotta do my conversion because again I'm here in, in America the only we don't use the metric system or anything like that. 18 <laughs> de- degrees Celsius to Fahrenheit. 64? That's not... That's kind of cool. That's, yeah. not, that's not hot. All right, well, whatever. Uh, anyway, that's, that, that's interesting. So is there a song... Because there are setless spoilers, by the way. I have to announce that. I, I forgot who yelled at me. It might have been Scotto back in the day, my former co-host, still current friend about... People don't want to hear setlist spoilers. I didn't think about it at that time. 
but were you aware that they've added bad obsession and pretty tied up and down on the farm yeah. so yeah, definitely what were you looking forward to hearing because those specifically i'm looking forward to hearing in august well, uh, personal favourites are Bad Obsession and Pretty Tied Up. Yeah. And Down on the Farm as well. I, I, you know, I, I was just saying to my wife last night, I counted 16 songs out of the 30 that they played that I would rather hear the most. And it happened. <laughs> it, was, it was one of those... It, everything aligned perfectly for us on Tuesday. Um... The, the only thing, the only song that I did miss was Don't Cry. Okay. Um, but I have no complaints about the songs that they played. They played Anything Goes, and that was incredible. I think Axel introduced it to some, uh, do you know, certain songs where it makes you all feel lovely inside and you're in love and you're walking through the park. Well, this ain't one of them. <laughs> or something along it those lines. It makes you want to commit Harry Carey. Uh, <laughs> did they play Don't Cry uh, in, in Glasgow? I don't they know. didn't. Okay, no. I thought you said that's the only song that you missed. Oh, you mean like you, you would have liked to have heard. That's what you mean by yeah. you missed it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, then anything goes that they haven't played since 1988 or whatever it is. Yeah. I think it's it's great. It's it's great. Uh, I guess what were the highlights for you? Uh, the highlights were Bad Obsession, Um <laughs> second song in and the stewards had already invaded us and uh, Bad Obsession was only a verse in and they were hauling this guy out and we, we were quite close to the segregation the segregated part Okay. from is it the golden circle at the front or something like that sounds right it sounds right to me so, so we were just a couple of rows back from the barrier and they were hauling this guy out. I have no idea what you, what you had done. And uh, he was quite a biggish lad as well. So it took about four of them to hoof this guy over this barrier. So that was a little bit of a, a distraction uh, from uh, the early goings on, a bad obsession. But that was the second song in, man. And already there was a ruckus happening. It was great. Uh, Money well yeah, spent, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, another highlight had to be uh, Welcome to the Jungle, especially when I had to take a step back and soak in the atmosphere. And everyone was bouncing, man. It was great. Down in the... Uh, that must be like a VIP area down the front, this golden circle or something. I didn't see them moving around as much. It looked kind of flat down there. Um, but we were pretty much in a jungle where we were and I did have footage of uh, mosh pits happening right next to me okay. so let me see if I could pull this up alright on our shared screen you seen that okay? Uh, yeah I see Axel I see you a lot of rows back but still pretty cool atmosphere not everybody so has their phone up which is nice to see Oh, it, you know, it was such a relief because, again, see on the YouTube videos and you see this sea of screens. Um, no, every, everyone was very much in the moment in Glasgow. Uh, but, however, when Sweet Child of Mine came, out, uh, came on, everyone had their phone up. And it was pretty hilarious to see all these mini axles all over the place. <laughs> you know, it was all you were seeing. 
and, and I think that's that that it bears repeating when we GNR D, uh, diehard fans talk about the set list and what could be removed and all those things. The generic fans, not just in the like the festival setting where they just may not even like Guns N' Roses and only know the hits, but the people that are not us that don't host a Guns N' Roses podcast, that don't make an Izzy Stradlin documentary, people that are just the common fan, they're going to see Welcome to the Jungle. They're going to see Definitely. Sweet Child of Mine, and those are going to get the biggest reactions all the time. All the yeah. time. So that's just, it, it is what it is. Uh, but I, I actually enjoy seeing that because as somebody who, you know, I'm waiting to hear perhaps, and I love hearing absurd live. I'm that kind of person. I like watching everybody else freak out to Sweet Child of Mine. It kind of makes me, it re- replenishes my love of that song, seeing the effect that yeah. it has on people and yeah. why it's one of these all-time great songs ever, ever written. Yeah, it was, it was one of those moments uh, akin to how people can feel very spiritual, say, in a church where they're singing as a congregation. Sure. I liken Sweet Child of Mine, my experience the other night, to something along those lines because everyone knew the lyrics. And th- th- that had to be the only song where the crowd just sang it all the way through. It was brilliant. And that's special. I got to imagine, and I wonder what how that makes Axel feel and the band feel after all these years. You yeah, know, absolutely. Uh, to, to, that's why I, I, I'm not a huge fan, or I don't look at it a, a negative term, as a negative term, nostalgia act. Because you're hitting a certain nostalgia button with that song, and you're taking people back to a time, a place, and you are so lucky to have created that moment for millions of people. So there's nothing wrong. I mean, I don't consider Guns N' Roses a nostalgia act because they are absurd and hard school. If you just want to, bare minimum, they're not a nostalgia act. And and more to come, I I believe. But there's nothing wrong with that. The fact that you have this song that is still moving thousands upon thousands of people, millions across the world, when you're doing doing these tours, that that speaks volumes. You've... You know, you accomplish something with your your career, your life. I can't imagine that that feeling. You know, it's yeah. it's interesting to hear artists talk about like their biggest hits, like if they get sick of it. But look what it does to people. Like it's it's your biggest hit. It's yeah, it's, absolutely. It, it moves millions of people. Uh, when Ken. when patience came on, and by the way, patience was just tremendous. Uh, I'm I'm really happy that they burst out the acoustic guitars and the patience was just so beautiful now when you're looking around and everyone's swaying at the end people are locking arms with each other there was this couple just a couple of rows down from me and they were just being very tender with each other you know during the end of it and then they were hugging and they were just swaying back and forward it was beautiful to see Brando there were so many people completely involved in the majority of the songs. You know what I was surprised? Absurd got more of a crowd reaction than what uh, Hard School did. Okay. Now, I prefer Hard School over Absurd. Personal choice. But see Absurd live, it's a completely different song. Yeah. That bass... Uh, uh, 
the bass rumbles like nothing else. It's pretty relentless. Uh, so I enjoyed Absurd um, live. I just don't know what it is about the studio version. I just, I don't mind it being on. It's just not a go-to, basically. But see live. And Chinese Democracy is a great live song as well. Hmm. Um, what about uh, Street of Dreams? They played that. They brought back that back. What was that sure. like? What was that like? Well, that was in the I, encore. Uh, that took me by surprise. Um, it, it wasn't. It was definitely enjoyable. I would say it, it was possibly not not to be negative, but the not the strongest song of the night, basically. Okay. But um, there was few moments where Axel was completely belting uh, the lyrics out. And it's those moments as well that save save a song mm-hmm. as well, you know. So, uh, but I, again, it, it doesn't subtract from a whole experience mm-hmm. being there. It was just, you know, it came on right after the encore. Which, by the way, Neil, people were moving towards the exits to beat the crowd. They were being in position they weren't deserting the place um so yeah what and i i i've tweeted this and i want to make sure i say it again because they wichita lineman is still in the set i love their version i hope they release it as a a single on an ep an album whatever it i knew glenn campbell i wasn't it was more my parents era Right. And so it made me go back and just lo- fall in love with the original. But I think they, he, his voice suits it so well, Axel. Yeah. I love how the band just, they sound perfect. Honestly, uh, they sound perfect on that song. So uh, keep that in the set list. I have no problem. Yeah, no more covers. No, no. Keep that cover. I enjoy it very much. Sorry. Did you get any uh, merch or the lithograph or anything like that? No. Okay. Um we we pretty much just as we were getting there made sure we had our spot and we didn't move we just sort of meandered around that area uh there was no risking losing the spot where we had because it was a pretty good spot um did people ask you about the shirt you were wearing uh, there was a few people pointing towards me <laughs> uh so yeah, I was definitely representing last night, a uh, couple of nights, Brando. Hey, I appreciate was that. G was wearing uh, the Appetite for Distortion T-shirt, which you can get on Redbubble. Um, I have a whole link tree thing up, so if you if you want to buy an AFD shirt, uh, I appreciate it. You know, people, it's your logo. You're you're advertising your work, yeah, as well at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. Um, so, I do have notes here. Okay. I didn't take them while it was going on. Let me see if I can... <laughs> Instantly, Axel did a golf clap. Okay. Um, so, it was pretty early on in the set, and he must have spotted someone in the front row giving a little <laughs> clap like this. <laughs> and he says, I just, ha- I just have to comment and appreciate the use of the golf clap. And he was going like this down to whoever it was was doing it. But um, 
it, it's just little you know my wife was saying last night as well it's not just that he's standing there and wailing away it's all these interactions that he has yeah and um you know this is the guy that you've you've only seen in magazines and uh, news articles back in the day of him jumping into crowds and you know giving some long-winded speech about something but when he's talking you know he's just a human he's just a human being he's a, just someone who's just spent his life being creative and he's made it thus far and here he is at 61 still belting tunes out and running about the stage as well <laughs> Was it that show where he almost slipped off? Yes. Uh, so, no, I'm sure it was at the end of Reckless Life. That could have been real bad. <laughs> which was a banger, by the way. Um, yeah, he, he was going on to uh, one of the feedback monitors. Okay. And he slipped, and it, it almost, because he was about to belt out the, the final lyric of it. Uh, so he just sat down, and then afterwards he was like, I saved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that could have um, been that could have been a nightmare. But now he, like, he's just love. He's laughing. He's just like this. Yeah. Is just people should appreciate it. So that's why I think now more than ever, people don't appreciate those negative reviews. It's like, what are you doing? Why are you Debbie Downer? Why are you trying to kill our? Yeah. Like we've been waiting for a reunion between these guys that was never going to happen, not in this lifetime, and here we are, seven years later. Still going strong, and what I believe is that they will have at least one or two singles. Uh, Slash did say in an interview, might have been like, I don't know why this is randomly in my head, just like the Cleveland Observer or something like that. Uh, that after this leg of the tour, that they're going to go back and create actual new music. And I, I forgot to mention this. I, I did talk about it last podcast about because you saw the picture of Axel and Slash in a studio in Norway, and how that I went from getting the interview, uh, and then 24 hours later, uh, sorry we can't do it, and the picture was taken down off Instagram. Right. So I, I, I forgot to mention that. So it go, either they didn't want to deal with all the DMs anymore, uh, even though they responded positively to me, or they were told to take it down. So, and they were saying they were listening to some mixes. What could that be? Could that be, perhaps, could that be a live mix of something? We don't know. But it was a real trip to see uh, Slash, Axel, and Axel's nips. Uh, <laughs> everyone, sorry. I had to do that uh, meme when everyone kept pointing out that Axel was feeling a bit cold, a little bit pointy. The shirt he was wearing is so his nips, his nipples. <laughs> like, whatever. Who gives a shit? It's so stupid. So I put in a meme. Uh, did you ever see the movie Basketball? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was talking about this with my son just a couple of oh, days ago. It's such a great movie. It's a great film. With Matt Parker and, and, and Trey Stone. Uh, or did I reverse those names? The guy from yeah. I did I know the guys from South Park. Uh, they had, they had Bob Costas was in it, that famous uh, sportscaster, and Al and Al Michaels, also famous sportscaster. You know, you're excited, feel these nipples, and I, and I was like, oh, how excited are you that guns that Slash and Axel are, are in studio together again? And I did that, that picture side by side with that that photo from the uh, a photo from the film. So anyway, I mean, it's all it should be all good. 
stuff right now. It should be all all good. Um, how, like, what time did you get home? I know you're. This is like a, a day or so after. This is two days after the show that we're recording yeah. this that you need to recover. So yeah. Um, so our our night was very rock and roll, Brando. So we left Glasgow just before midnight, and usually it's about a forty-minute journey to get back home from Glasgow. Uh, now the the motorway was closed for repair works completely shut off so the bus had to go through the beaten track these narrow street uh, these narrow roads and it's just completely backed up by traffic that would have went the motorway so we were getting home slowly but surely about an hour and 20 minutes later we arrived about 15 minutes away from our drop-off point and the bus broke down <laughs> oh my god we they had to pull into a, a lay-by and uh the bus just would not start at all it was lucky we actually made it to a lay-by and we're in the middle of nowhere so it's not like we could walk into town and nothing would be open anyway so people were panicking phoning taxis and then all of a sudden all these taxis just started pouring in scooping people up and the bus driver's scratching his head and he's, he's saying I'll be here till the morning for a pickup and uh, so we 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 actually waited for the replacement bus coming out and there wasn't very many of us that did wait so we left Glasgow just before midnight and we got back home just after four in the morning. Oh, ah, nightmare! And nightmare. My neck was killing me. I had no no idea how much I was moving during the concert, but my neck was killing me. My back, my knee was swelled up for some reason, <laughs> um, and my throat was absolutely killing me. And we didn't have any water with us either. Jeez. And it was like just scratchy. <laughs> so um, yeah. Apologies that I couldn't make it on yesterday, but oh, that's fine. I, I was completely rubbered. It was uh, I was no good yesterday. My throat's holding out right now, thanks to this cough and throat spray, which numbs it. Because yesterday it was just coughing constantly, mm. and not a satisfying cough either. It wasn't clearing anything. Mm. So I gave my throat a jolly good spray with this before talking with you Brandon and if they want to be a sponsor of the AFD show just uh, reach out <laughs> absolutely oh that's brilliant uh, anything because I want you to, to still rest your your throat and I don't know baby brownstone is still sleeping but he can wake up like a screaming banshee at any moment <laughs> uh, any other thoughts that you want to get out there before we uh, wrap this uh, up this review episode well I'll just uh, give you another video and I All right. Uh, so there was this mosh pit forming next to us. And there was people le fleeing the scene, but there was also people being drawn to the scene. Uh, and there was these two wee guys. They must have been about 15, 16 years old. And they were just barging their way th to the front as much as possible. And they, they, they went in front of my wife. And they were just rocking out in front of us. And then they saw the mosh pit happening. And these guys, Brando, they were just skinny little teenagers. 
they just bullied their way through to the Bosch pit. And that was the last I saw them. <laughs> they, were just, they were just getting barged about everywhere. They're it still was there. <laughs> They're still there twitching <laughs> on the ground. Oh, man. It just sounds like everyone had an amazing time, you know, and, and it survived. It sounds time. like, and you survived buses and, uh, no, that's awesome. And those fans deserve it, man. I have a lot of listeners in Scotland and in that part of the world who are just extremely bummed out. You know, they, they see fans all over the rest of the world enjoying Guns N' Roses and there's the one show that gets cancelled and it, it took time so I'm glad it just seems to be a really triumphant and the reviews I'm reading about that show much more favorable uh, I don't yeah. well basically because those two people that you know Mark and uh, Neil were I don't think they reviewed it so that's why it was favorable yeah yeah as I say the the Scotsman article that I just read before uh, jumping on was pretty favorable um hey I'm I, I'm ready I, I'm ready it's not uh, you know it's the end of ju- July oh excuse me end of June um August I'm seeing I think I'm going to Metallica first Metallica and Pantera nice um and then yeah Guns N' Roses uh Baby Brownstone's still too young to go I saw this news article about this woman who took her 10 month old to a metal festival and there were a lot of you know online uh, backlash about it, but good for her that she's standing up for it. Like the baby is headphones on. I mean, as long as it's not like they're up against the stage, you're not crowd surfing an infant. Like there's ways to go about it. Two months, three months, I think that's that is still too young. Um, but <laughs> as soon as he can, hopefully Guns N' Roses comes around again next year because I want to take him. I want to take him to see GNR. It will happen, my friend. Right. And you on. know, yeah, absolutely. GNR still still have a few things up their sleeve to come. I think so. I absolutely I'm, think so. I'm of the opinion their final hurrah, they've still got the golden nugget, the full year reunion. And I know they can do it. I believe. Uh, yeah. I mean, as long as Izzy and Steven are still alive, which they are. I know there are rumors <laughs> of, of Izzy doing something with the Juju Hounds. There's rumors of that, right? Yeah. Because there yeah. were pictures yes. of the bandmates in the same studio, but on different accounts. Like you, you, you're more of an Izzy guy, like more, right? Am I remembering that correctly? This was a few weeks ago. Um, yeah, absolutely. So people were trying to connect the dots of perhaps you know Izzy is doing something, which would be fantastic. And Steven's playing the festival circuit, you know, getting great reviews there. Yeah, it, it would be. It would be nice, man. It, it it would be. You know, it's it's no slight to you know. I'm a fan of Richard. I'm a fan of Frank, but you know, you've never seen Guns N' Roses prior to two days ago. So you've obviously That's not right. seen the classic lineup. I haven't either. The first time I saw Axel and Slash was this reunion. I always thought I had to have the reunion in my head when I saw Velvet Revolver and uh, the Chinese Democracy Tour. I'm like, I just have to have the... I've seen them both on stage, so if I think really hard, I can pretend it's the, it's the same show. But the yeah. fact that they're still doing it, and I'm, I'm going to buy tickets each and every time. I'm not going to do what I did last year, which go into three shows, uh, but you know, a little bit of a, a tour. I don't think he can handle it. Although, very proud yeah. of him. He, we drove to and from to, uh, Chicago with him. And he was nice. relatively okay. Look at this. He's a good man. He's a good man. <laughs> His little face. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Wistfully on our way. What's that? 
blissfully unaware. Blissfully unaware. Isn't that the way to go through life? You got Sometimes. it good. You got it good right now, buddy. You got it good. <laughs> uh, Just and- wait till you're 18. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So uh, that does it. Uh, for Appetite for Distortion this episode. So if you haven't yet, check out Iowa's documentaries on YouTube. Watch that Izzy Stradlin documentary. The only Izzy documentary worth seeing. I don't know if there's even another one in existence, but it's the only one worth seeing. And just thank you again for your friendship, for the logo, (laughs) for the awesome intro videos that we have on our YouTube page. Uh, If you go to YouTube... It's not just like you can watch these whole episodes. I'm doing a lot with YouTube shorts, those one-minute interviews, one-minute clips from an interview. And I know you're big into um, statistics and analytics uh, of YouTube and all that. So, I mean, I posted – I interviewed Alice Cooper 2019, and I've had the episode up there since then and – snippets clips like two minute clips of him talking about the garden whatever talking about Hollywood vampires in a different clip so I just made a one minute short I'm not nearly as good as you of course but trying my best at video editing um, doing a a decent job with it and Mm -hmm. just a few weeks ago it was just like I don't know maybe I had like a 10,000 views good like it's just I've noticed the with YouTube Shorts, more people notice it, the page, than an actual video. It's it's, it's right. really interesting. It's I think it's like a their version of TikTok where people are just scrolling and just see sure. stuff quick uh, easier. Uh, so that was maybe a few weeks ago, ten thousand. This Brilliant. morning, this morning, over ninety thousand. Nice ninety thousand have seen this. But to put things in perspective, this is great. So uh, how much money I really or you really make as a content creator. So, again, this is a one-minute clip. It's gotten me an extra 144 subscribers, which is one of the best reasons to do it. Yeah. So 90,000 views. You want to take a uh, guess on how much money that's made me? I couldn't possibly say. I I don't know. $8.35. Ah. Eight dollars. So I think I, w- I think I was you get going the diaper out of that. One diaper. We're good. Yep. Every little helps, Brando. Every- <laughs> Keep doing it. My wife is so supportive. I'm like, I say it facetiously. Eh, this video made me two dollars. She's like, every little bit helps. So supportive <laughs> when I'm trying true to. True story. My- no, it, it is true. So, go to our YouTube page. Uh, our YouTube pages. You get to see some great content, and uh, the conversation continues in between the broadcasts. So follow on Facebook, Twitter. And Instagram, I still have that Stephen Piercy interview to uh, to put out there. And I think uh, George Lynch is going to come back on the podcast as well. Um, nice. A friend of the show who's also been a guest of the show, um, Big Chris Flores, who's a producer who produced, uh, he's worked with Slash. I think he worked on the, with Slash and Fergie. He found in his archives a lost Chester Bennington Slash song that became... Right something else i think it became dr alibi or, or it became something else uh when the album was finished and he's working with on the new lynch mob album and he right. reached out he's like you want to do an interview with us i'm like yeah as long as you also talk guns to roses let's talk some on lynch mob and docking and whatever else there is to talk about <laughs> uh so yeah be on the lookout for that and as i always say if there's a guest that you want to see in the podcast suggestions are always welcome uh you can be a co-host i know there are more people like you g 
waiting to do their fan reviews. So more fan reviews are coming up. That, Bring that on. as well. So I'm I'm excited to talk to Guns N' Roses fans uh, around the world again this year. It's one of my favorite things to do. So that does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. No! Fuck it! No! Yeah! Thanks to the lame ass security, I'm going home.